This episode of the podcast is brought by Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android both, and it picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web and at any given moment reads them in a human voice. For the first time in history of the internet, the entire web is now listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start actually listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, sports, science, Bitcoin, whatever floats your boat. And they do have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries, and our podcast, The Wolf and the Shepherd, is on there as well. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me. That's N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E. Or I'll have a link in the description as well. And if you'd like to subscribe to their service, if you use the promo code SHEPHERD, you'll get a one-month free premium subscription. Wolf, get away from those sheep. Bollocks. You're listening to the Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. Broadcasting from Fort Worth in the great state of Texas. Now, get ready for this episode of the Wolf and the Shepherd. Welcome to this episode of the Wolf and the Shepherd. Returning to the show, friend of the show, great guy all around. So glad you could join us again. We have Kevin Ross with us. Kevin, glad you could be here today. Hey, it's great to be back, guys. Kevin, I wanted to get you on the episode today to talk about mental health, uh, mainly because between us, we don't have any. But um, I read an article probably about two and a half weeks ago, which said there's going to be a mental health explosion. And it was referring to Generation Y, Generation Z, being exposed to the type of, I guess environmental um, issues that their generations have never had to even conceive of before, such as a super bad economy, probably leading mm-hmm. into a depression, coming out of a pandemic, which affected their school social life and out of school social life, and now on the brink of a new Cold War. Um, it's obviously interesting or unusual times, but there is going to be a kickback to that and that people are not going to know how to cope with all of these things going on. So we figured you'd be a good guy because you're a very disciplined guy. Um, You offer some great insight on your Instagram, some great quotes, people to find inner peace, outer peace. So for you, what is your approach when things, or you can sense things are starting to go down, things are starting to close in? What's your first go-to when you can feel that kind of thing? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's such a... Uh, a difficult thing because so many, as you said, so many people, particularly in the last few generations, haven't had to really overcome the kinds of things that previous generations have, unless you go out of your way to do so uh, or um, educate yourself and develop yourself and strengthen yourself. So when things are really great, people tend to become very weak and, and, and not without the ability to cope with Um, these stresses that will inevitably happen, you know, so although it's, it's nice to have everything you want, everything that you need and to be spoiled and that kind of thing, uh, really just, uh, it, it will be a a detriment to you in the long run, unless you just find a way to have nothing difficult ever happen to you ever. But then uh, you're really just living in uh, this fantasy land and those, those things come out in negative ways, regardless of, uh, 
external things. So uh, for myself, you know, a lot of that, all of that was developed uh, through fighting and really having to understand the kind of the process of how these things happen, you know, whether it's one main event, like an injury or a loss, or it's a progressive thing over time where, you know, you're hitting a lot of roadblocks and whether you deal with them in a good way or bad way that, that either develops you or um, declines you in the long run. So I'm kind of understanding uh, and simplifying things along those lines allows me to um, progress through them regardless of what the situation is. So if if you just kind of, for myself, it's like, I know that I need to, be taking care of my physical health, just eating right, exercising, um, you know, staying away from just junk, garbage, all kinds of junk, food junk, uh, um, mental junk, um, you know, audio, audible junk, all those, all those things by themselves, we tend to not view them as necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just, it's just a thing, you know, but, but you add all these small things up together um, and they will break you down in the long run. Those are even the the more uh, extreme ones because they they don't seem significant at the time. You know those those small, seemingly insignificant moments, those times that we ease back a little bit or or you know don't hold ourselves to the standards that we know that we should. You know you do that over days, weeks, months, years, a lifetime. You know it it can really add up, but. That, that same process works for strengthening yourself as well. It might not seem like you're creating these gigantic gains on a, on a regular basis because you're in your body every day. You don't, you don't necessarily recognize it, but when, when you look back uh, a month, a year, uh, 10 years, that's where you really see how far you've come uh, from where you were and where, where you could have ended up. So under, kind of having a, um, a process, you know, it's like, Am I taking care of my health? Well, I could probably do that a little bit better. I could probably eat a little bit cleaner. Am I am I getting uh, my body moving every day? And that doesn't necessarily mean I have to go kill a workout every day. I mean, I could, it could just be going for a ten minute walk, you know. But but the, even just something that small um, contributes to 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 the whole in the long run. Um, so so all these little things. Uh, I mean, everybody everybody has different things like that. I think I think that we all kind of know what what is helpful to us and what isn't it's just easy to make exceptions for things and um have a bad day and think well it's just it's just this one and sometimes you do need to have that day off that week off whatever that may be and that that's kind of what where things do get tricky is where do you find that balance where do you draw that line uh but more often than not we tend to um basically be be weak about things you know it's like are you are you are you injured or are you hurt you know that that was like that big i think that was in actually gi jane or something one of those one of those movies where they're going through uh you know the training it's like are you are you injured you need to go to the hospital are you just like sore are you just tired you know where where do you draw that line and for myself particularly in fighting it was always I just refuse for there to be a line because there's always there's always an excuse to be had, you know, whatever it is. And um, who's to say which excuses are more relevant than others? I mean, you're the one that has to decide that because you're the one that has to live with that in the long run. So I was always um, 
pushing myself to the extreme, you know, at times that is detrimental where you overdo it and just grind yourself down. And that's where it's very important to recognize, you know, and take into account on a daily basis. Like, is this actually helping like smashing my head into this wall or do I need to kind of go around it a little bit or ease back a little bit? You know, that's, that's an unending journey that, I, you know, you never figure it out. I've never figured it out. It, it's but by constantly trying to find that balance point of that line, you're always going to be on one side or the other, you know, use like balance as, as a, uh, an example for that. Like you can't ever find balance. You're always jumping over one side or the other and you're constantly trying to get to that center point, but you're, you don't just sit there. Cause you're always, you're always moving like to stay balanced. You're, you're moving like that. If you look at someone like on a balance beam or anything, they're not just a statue. A statue is going to fall over because everything's moving. Everything's vibrating. And if you kind of recognize that as long as you're constantly trying to find where that is, um, you're going to have better balance than if you just act like none of these things matter or they're not significant or it's just a little, it's just a little thing. And I think that's where most people tend to, get lost because it is just a little thing. It isn't that maybe it isn't that big a deal, but, but a lot of, a lot of little big little deals become a big deal in the long run. So you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, the physical health and then the mental health, do you have to get one of those squared away before you can get the other one squared away? Like do you, do you really (laughs) have to get that? I think, yeah, I think they, I think they go hand in hand. I don't think, I don't think you can, I mean, maybe you can, but I don't think you can necessarily do one without the other. I think the, they work together. I think that my mental health contributes to my physical health and, and vice versa. It's not just put all my cards into my mental health or my physical health while my mental health is taking a back seat. You know, my mental health improves by addressing my physical health and my, my uh, and vice versa. So I don't think you can have really have one without the other. And I think you can say that about most things in life, that they're all they're all part of this same puzzle. You and it, you can't really put all your eggs over here and, and all these are falling apart. Uh, and that's kind of, that's a thing um, that you learn in fighting. There's so many things to work on. You know, you can't you can't work on everything all the time. You can't, you can't, you can't just focus on speed. You can't just focus on power. You can't just focus on flexibility. It's all these things continually on a daily basis, which is why it's so important to find where your baseline is, your, your, your foundation is, and you're continually strengthening that while, while you're also trying to build it up. You know, it's like we're, we're trying to build it up, but we're trying to maintain this base level as well as strengthening this base level. But if you're so focused on this progression, you're going to get lost and, and you're going to lose sight of that foundation. And then that's all going to come crumbling down. So you, what you see a lot of times in the, the fight world, particularly when people aren't getting trained properly is you're developing a lot of abilities, but not ones you can really apply to life or to the ring or to a real fight. So it might look good. You know, you're doing all the moves you're doing a lot of numbers, you're doing a lot of flash, but when it comes to somebody actually checking you on that, you, you just fall apart and you crumble because you have no foundation. You're not, you're not building it on anything. You're building it on smoke and mirrors. Uh, and that can be applied to really just about anything. Yeah, I think part of the problem with mental health is it's a very convenient label 
to throw a whole bunch of different things into one bag with, Mm -hmm. you know, a broken wrist. We know it's very different to a broken back and they're treated in a different way. And we know that a person's ability to be able to function differs with each of those different injuries. But the problem is with mental health, people have varying levels of insecurity um, and, you know, a comment or an action which will just wash off one person will deeply hurt somebody else and cause, you know, mm-hmm. afterlying effects. And I think the biggest problem in mental health today is probably the diagnosis and the reluctance, especially on men's sides, you know, yeah. to have any type of diagnosis to find out there really is a problem. And men, again, we're very guilty of self-medicating. I had a lot of, you know, issues growing up, a bit of a tough childhood and tough, early adult life and you know i did what a lot of people did and i turned to drink probably not as early as some people did but for about 12 15 years i had a really hard problem you know with drinking and the last five years of it you know really over the top i mean drinking like almost every waking hour and you know i didn't quit until well i mean three in three weeks time it'll be a year since i quit drinking period because i just couldn't do that i'll drink on and off thing you know week on a week off or i'll drink moderately for two days and then heavy for two days and then take three days off i mean it was hitting it hard every day but that was the easiest way for me to cope it clearly wasn't the best way it did a lot of damage created a lot of whole new problems by itself but i don't feel there's many things men can really turn to to deal with a lot of the times when mental health issues come up because we're expected to carry that burden internally, not let it see that it's affected us, definitely not communicate that to anybody else that something's affecting you. And for all of this talk and so-called, I guess, um, progressiveness in men's mental health, I haven't seen any new approaches out there to trying to convince men to really go and get themselves checked out in the you know yeah. cranium area really i mean is that something yeah. you've seen in you know athletics and sports and in you know martial arts that there is more support there because a lot of people turn to martial arts and boxing because they do have either aggression issues or they come from a violent background and they yeah. use that in itself as a coping mechanism so have you seen an infiltration of any type of mental health help with uh, you know Avenue. Well, as you said, I think it, I think you start to recognize it a lot more. Obviously, if you've gone through stuff like that, you you see it a lot more, and you really understand how all these things, like martial arts, are beneficial to people struggling with that stuff. And I think I think that's one of the great things about not just martial martial arts, but anything that's difficult that you want to do. You you learn so much from it and you get so much out of it. Um, ways to think about things, ways to cope with things, uh, an outlet for, for stress. Uh, and, you know, it, it, the benefits are, are just infinite there. You don't necessarily have to go like I, for myself, I didn't go to any uh, meetings or rehab or anything like that. When I, when I quit drinking and turn my life around, because for me, Muay Thai was my rehab. You know, and, and that's that's I think that's important for us to recognize is that everybody's everybody's so unique and different that what works for you might be detrimental to me. You know, I might be trying to be like, oh, I have to go to this doctor. I have to get this medication. I have to 
whatever the case may be. Um, and, and really that might be doing more, more harm than good. So I think it's, I think it's important to kind of explore what brings that, uh, that life out of you that brings health out of you, whatever, whatever it may be for some people, it's art. Some people, it's, uh, um, something physical, some people, it's something mental, like studying or reading a book, you know, it's all those things can be just as, if not more beneficial than medication or, or doctors. And I think that at least that's where we should start uh, with a lot of things. You know, we, we were so quick to jump to the easy fix, but the easy fix usually isn't the, the better fix. It's just quicker and it's easier and it seems uh, more impactful in the moment, but long-term that comes with something, you know, everything that's easy comes with something, everything comes with a cost and it's very easy to uh, neglect that and not view it in the moment because seemingly uh, it's not there. Like it, it comes free. Like when they're handing out all this money, like, Oh great. This is wonderful. I'm like, well, yeah, where do you think that money comes from? It's not, fr- it's not free. If anything, it's, it's costing you double because you think that it's free. Right. Whereas when you're doing something that's uh, immediately apparent, you understand what you're paying. Like that's why, you know, doing physical things is like, you know, it's going to cost you uh, pain energy, time, all of that. It happens in the moment and it's, and it, that is significant to all things in life because you recognize that nothing is gained for free. It comes, it comes with that cost. And, um, you know, I think, I think that the more we encourage people to understand that, not, not, not just like there's this easy fix over here or everyone's in such a rush to, uh, medicate themselves and you're like, so you're putting a, a bandaid on a, 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 uh, uh, something that needs surgery, you know? Um, and, and where it's like, Oh, put a bandaid on it. And it's like, you're bleeding out all over here, but it's not coming out of that hole anymore. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the more that we just taught, like express it, you know, that's why it's, I'm very, um, motivated to, you know, talk about my story and these kinds of things, because I think, you know, at, at the very least, the fact that people are even discussing it is, is helpful to so many, because so many people, myself included, you, you feel like you're the only one dealing with it, because people don't talk about it, particularly when it does come to males, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't speak about it, it's not to be mentioned, um, you know, and if it is a problem, you better, you better keep it to yourself, um, so finding, finding that support group, finding that person, whoever that may be, or, um, that outlet, you know, just having that outlet to, it's not, it's not like I go to the gym and talk to people about, you know, what's going on with me. It's like, just, just doing it is, is extremely beneficial. And yeah, of course, through that, you're going to develop, um, friendships and, and people you trust and you can really, um, go about it that way. But, um, as I said, there's no, there's no easy fix. I think it's a simple fix. It's not easy. It's like find something to uh, point, find a direction to point that energy and all this, all this stuff like for myself with, with drinking and, and my addictions is like, I just got to find something positive to point that at. It's not like that energy doesn't go away just cause I'm not drinking. Like I have to do something with it. And if I'm not doing something positive with it, the only other choice is to do something negative with it. There is, there's no neutral energy in us. If you have this, um, whatever it is in you that that's destructive, you can use that very destructive thing for something extremely positive because you have that 
energy in you, whatever, whatever it is you want to call that. It's just which, where are you pointing it? Where are you pointing the camera? What do you want to do with it? And I think that that's how you can start to recognize how everything in life can give energy. It's, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's what, what you do with it, what filter you put that through. You know, you're, you're given this stuff. Like if you look at it negative, it, it is negative. And it's not to say just pretend like something's not bad, but either way, we have a choice what we do with it, regardless of what it is, wins and losses, good times, bad times. It's not like just good times make people happy and great and everything's wonderful. You know, some of the best things in the world, that you know, people complain and bitch about. <laughs> like America is a great example of that. You have everything you want. And everyone's me- medicated and miserable and killing each other. So clearly, just having good things isn't doesn't equate to having a good life. You know, it's what do you what do you do with it? Right. It's like the people that complain. They're like, oh, I'm so oppressed and I've got such a bad life. But I just sent you this from my iPhone. You know, and a lot of times we don't realize <laughs> really how good we have it. Right. And yeah, so perspective is everything. Right. And and you talk a, a lot about the fighting aspect and, you know, you spend a lot of your career fighting, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the art. I mean, it, you're a great artist. Uh, I think, you. you know, we've talked kind of offline before about neither one of us can even draw a stick figure properly. So for that person, like the two of us who are horrible artists, what yeah. could we do maybe with art? I mean, is there is there some hope for somebody that can't draw like you can and paint like you can yeah, or whatever of to, to get into art as that, you know, kind of cathartic thing? Yeah, well, I think that's the beautiful thing about art. No one, art is a, an individual endeavor. Nobody can say what good or bad art is. I mean, you people put value on it, external value. Um, there, there's not this unbiased thing that says this is good and this is bad. And you can say that about just about anything in life. What, what people value in the moment might, might not be the case 10 years from now. Um, so do it for yourself. I mean, I would say, I would say that about same things with like martial arts and stuff like that. Like do it for yourself first and foremost. Like if you, if you have the desire and the ability and all the other factors to progress with it, you can, but at the, at the base level, you do it for you. Um, you know, that, that was a, something I had to come to terms with that, that very first fight I had where I, I just got destroyed and stopped. And, you know, the, the question is, are you only going to do this if you can win? Are you, can, are you only going to do this if you look good? Uh, are you only going to do this if um, everything works out for you? And I was like, no, I love to do this. I, I might be the worst fighter of all time, but I'd love to do this. And at, at the base level, that, that's what it should be. And from there, what, what can I do to get better? Can I get better? Okay, I'm going to do that. Are there things that I can't change? Well, then I can't change them. But there's, there's, there's always ways around it. It just depends how much time you want to put in, what you want to do. Yeah, physical ability and opportunity and all those factors come into play. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I think that's why that that what's at the core is what's so important and valuable because that will inevitable inevitably come out in the, in the long run. So, yeah, art art should be don't don't think about it as this has to be good so I can show other people. Who gives a shit what other people think? That's that's external motivation. You know, if if that's what you want to do and you want everyone to love what you do. 
well, then, yeah, I would suggest maybe <laughs> practicing and get better at it. Yeah. But when it yeah. comes, I think, but again, what's so great about art, martial arts, I mean, I think everything can be art in this world is it can, it, it, it's whatever you want to do with it is what it is to you. Some people, it's just for fun. Some people, it's for work. Some people, it's for their mental health. Some people, it's just to kill time. I don't know, whatever, whatever the case may be, but uh, it's whatever you want to make it. And again, that applies to everything in life. What, what do you want to do with it? What do you want to make it? There's no, there's no guaranteed avenue in any of these um, aspects of life. So at, at the very least, you should know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Did you ever find that there were any great external resources you could turn to to kind of give you guidance when you started feeling like you were going off course because again the problem with mental health is it's very hard for somebody else to measure it because we're talking about something which is still scientifically basically a conception the conscious and subconscious (laughs) that there's no proof that i'm thinking anything whatsoever other than you're going through what sounds like a similar experience and when we explain it to each other we assume that's our representation of consciousness but you know you can have as many people on the outside telling you you're good you're perfect you're doing fine but internally your own ego or lack of it can fight that and completely destroy you from within. And, you know, obviously being, you know, a successful martial artist, those, I guess, little points of doubt must pop in or come in during a fight if you've been hit with a particularly hard hit or you can't figure a way through this guy's defense. How did you personally kind of overcome those little bad voices from the demons on your shoulders right yeah. at the spare of the moment when you didn't have time to, I guess, make a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it's so important to be brutally honest with ourselves, uh, with really everything, you know, everything that we're trying to do, you know, we can always point to external factors as to why we're unable or able to do something, but, all those things are insignificant if, if, if it's not coming from within. Um, you know, I, I, I can point to like, well, well, that guy hit me with something and uh, that's why I fell down. I couldn't get up back up. I'm like, well, could you get up? You know, who, no one else can say whether I could or not. I, I know whether I could or not. And, and the more brutally honest we can be with ourselves, um, the more uh, beneficial it's going to be. Uh, you know, I talk about... Uh, like diet, um, you know, it's like most people know why they're not getting better at things, why they're not getting healthier, why they're not getting stronger. Um, you know, you can you can spout off all these excuses, which which might be um, real, um, but they are still just excuses. There, there's always ways around um, whatever your excuse may be. There's always people that have those excuses and are, and are accomplishing things anyway, because they refuse to uh, rely on them as a reason why they can't accomplish anything. So the more honest and and just, just brutally honest we can be with ourselves, recognizing what we're doing that's helping us and what we're doing that's hurting us. And if you can just start there and just weed those things out, or at at least be honest with yourself about what they are so you can, you can view them that way when you're doing them. It's like, I know when I'm doing this, it's not helping me, but maybe I just need to uh, blow off some steam and, you know, I'm going to, 
I got to pay for it. I'm the one that, that it costs, you know, but, but I know what it is. You know, it's like, I know uh, when I take this time off, when I eat this thing, when, when I do whatever, I know what, what, what cost that comes with. And if I'm willing to pay for it, then, then okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, recognizing what that is. And I, I think that, I think that people, <laughs> I think a lot of us just pretend like we, we don't know why these things are happening in our lives and, or we, we allow ourselves to believe these external reasons, you know, whatever, you know, external factors are, are keeping us from accomplishing things or getting certain things in life. Yeah, th- those might contribute to it and those might contribute to it in a, an enormous way, but there's still things that we are doing that are keeping us from achieving our goals, no matter what, no matter what external forces are working against us. And until we're honest with that, we're never going to make it anywhere. You got to, we got to start from ourselves first, then work our way outward. But, but it's so easy to focus on the external because the external is obvious. You know, it's obvious. It's obvious what external forces are working against you. Um, it, it's very difficult um, for us to look inward. Everything, everything in this world is about outward projection. You know, we're, we're not very, um, educated or motivated to look in on ourselves, look at the things that we do, um, because um, that's just not, not the society we live in. And I think that the more that we do that, the better off we'll all be in the long run. And I, you know, I, I would hope that we start communicating that more and educating, especially children more about that, um, you know, or else we're always going to be in this victimhood mentality minded world that we're, that's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I find it's probably harder for kids um, going through any type of mental health issues because their peer group is notoriously pretty brutal and you can't escape them. As an adult, you can take steps to kind of escape people and take a little bit of a you know, personal health time to yourself. But as a kid, that can be very difficult, you know, having to go to school every day and especially if you're at an age where you're kind of forced to interact. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's sometimes hard to escape that environment which is causing you the issues in the first place and also having a lack of people to be able to really talk to because right from a small kid, your parents are telling you, don't whine, don't complain, and you're almost brainwashed into this, don't bring this up unless it's really important. And then you get to a certain age and you don't tell your parents shit. I mean, most teenagers, you know, feel like, well, if it's a choice between telling my parents and getting in trouble or keeping it to myself, the first one's not an option. And, you know, unfortunately, church seems to push away the whole notion of personal suffering with the answer of like, oh, what are you complaining about? You know, people have it worse. So, you know, you've yeah. got no rights to complain, a bit like, you know, with your iPhone example. But to me, that's always been the same as well. That's like you can't be happy because some people have it happier. You know, and so I don't feel church, I don't feel church always helps in its over happy, clappy approach of, oh, we'll just open the Bible, everything will be fine. Because as we probably all know through personal experience, that that's not an instant fix to these issues. But what is an instant fix is drugs, alcohol, 
promiscuity, those are instant fixes and they're easy yeah. to obtain as a teenager. So what advice would you give specifically to probably teens who have issues, who don't feel they have a peer group they can share with, who don't feel necessarily like they can confide in their parents? What do you think their first step should probably be to really kind of get towards centering themselves? That's a tough one. <laughs> oh man, uh, like like I kind of was saying before, I think that you know it's hard to. I think that's one of the more difficult things to convey to anyone, particularly children and, and kids. Is um, you know you might not have anyone that you can talk to. You might not have any resources that you can use or places that you can go um but we can all we can all go internal and we can all we can all communicate to ourselves or to you know your god or your your whoever um you know not having resources isn't necessarily a reason to not progress and not take a take into account it's like, what can you do in that moment? You know, I, I use the example for, for like injuries. Whenever we have injuries or something like that, that happens, it's so easy to view that as a reason why we can't do anything. You know, I'm, I'm, my leg's broken, my back's broken, whatever. But there's always something that can be done. There's always something that we can work on, even if it's just our mentality and our view point of something. Even if I'm in a full body cast, I can, my brain's still working to some extent, you know, I can still, it's like just sitting there and not thinking about how awful this is and how I'm never going to get out of bed. And, um, you know, it, what the way that we're thinking might not change the, what we're in at the moment, but it'll change our view and that in itself will change the, our outcome. You know, our, our perception is our reality. You know, we, we tend not to think about things that way, but if you, I mean, just look at the world right now. There's there's polar opposite realities happening right now. Now, is that changing what's actually going on in the world? No, it's just how you're viewing things. So, just just our perception of reality is is what shapes our reality. If if you think good things are going to happen, it might not necessarily make these good things happen, but it's going to change your perception of the things that do happen, and you're going to be able to view them in a way that's more positive or, or what can I do with this to, to benefit from, um, you know, and that was something like with myself when, when I would have injuries and losses is we can view this as a reason not to keep doing this thing. Like this is, this is a roadblock. This means I shouldn't do this anymore, or I can use this uh, as fuel to, to get even better. And it's not that the people that make it are the ones that everything great happens to and the ones who don't are everything bad happens to it. The only thing that unifies people that make it and the ones that don't are is how they use these situations, whether they use them for benefit or, or their detriment. And uh, that perspective on things will completely alter your existence just by the way that you view things. It's like, here's this thing stop viewing it as a good or a bad thing. It's just a thing, whatever it is. It's this thing. It, it doesn't have feelings. It's a thing that happened. What can I do with this thing? I can let it destroy me, which is very easy to do. And that's the problem is it's a lot easier to destroy ourselves than it is to, 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 to grow and to strengthen ourselves. Um, but that, that, that's, 
it's just like perspective is, you know what they say, like perspective is everything. How you view things is our entire existence is our perspective. And you can say reality plays a, plays a role, but it not as much as a role as our perspective does. And I think that if we would, we would uh, talk about that more and, and understand that a little bit more, like there's not this unbiased reality happening outside of our perception. You know, it's like, we, we all think that everyone's looking at the same thing when they look through their eyes, but every single person is very unique in how they view things, how they feel things, how they hear things, how they interact with things because of an infinite number of factors, their upbringing, their, their, their race, their gender, their, their experiences in life. All these things change our perception, um, and, and that's something that we actually have control over. Like, we can change how we view things just just by practicing just just like just like trying to get stronger in the gym it's it's a daily thing you don't you're not just strong or weak you're you're somewhere in the spectrum and you can either move towards one side or the other every single day every single moment we all have opportunities to strengthen or weaken ourselves it's just a matter of who who takes those opportunities you know who who takes accountability in the things that happen you know are are do I have a choice with what happened to me? Maybe not, but I do have a choice of where I go from here. And the more that we can do that, the more we take control of our lives. You know, we don't feel like life is happening to us. Like we're happening. We are, we are part of what is happening. You know, even if that is outside of our control, what do I do with it is, is 100% in my control. Yeah. One thing you were kind of bringing up there, that perception of reality, right? I think a lot of people get confused with that nowadays. Uh, you have the what we'll call the social media reality of what's going on. You've got the fact checkers that tell you whether or not this is true. And if somebody says this and a fact checker says, oh, no, that's not true. Maybe the fact checker's wrong. Maybe the person posting it's wrong. But it keeps people from expressing their opinion, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But then we bringing up your deal about like the teenagers and the kids or whatever, that's their reality. That's how they get their information and they're confused. What can we do? I, I notice Elon's trying with Twitter. I, I don't know, you know, if, if that's going to do anything or not, but or, are, or are we anything positive? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are we, are we just stuck there? I mean, is that what we've just all got to get used to and we've got to say, hey, let's shut off the screen, let's shut off the device and actually see the real world? I think that, I think that, I think that there's always things in our existence that we can point to just like social media and the internet. Like prior to that, there, were, there was something else and prior to that, there, were, there was something else and in the future, there will be something different as if this one thing is the problem for everything, you know, like, like when TV came out, like, Oh, it was very easy to say like, Oh, now this, this is a problem. Yeah. There's, there's good things and bad things to everything. There's a spectrum to everything. Trying to put it in this, these boxes of good and bad. I, w I would say there, there's very few things that you can put in that polar opposite good and bad. There's a spectrum there, how you use things, how you view things, your experiences with things, Everything in this life, especially because of uh, the news and social media, it's like you have to be in this box, you got to be in this box. And if you're in this box, you're in this entire box, not even just this viewpoint of this box. You're, you're over there and we're over here and we're just clashing heads about all this stuff. 
But when you actually like sit down and talk with people, even people that are on the opposite side of the spectrum, you, you understand that you got a lot more in common um, than you do different, or you're at least a lot closer than it might seem like on the outside. Um, so that's why communication is so important. And that's why communication is so censored right now, because when you do censor that, you lose that middle ground of communication. You're on this team or on this team, and those teams don't get along. They have to fight and they have to hate each other. And that's where really horrific things in this, this world always happen. You get put in one camp or the other, and we think we're so different than the people over here when they're just human beings that are having this experience, and they might not even be – they might be as close to the middle as you are, but they ha- you have to be on a side because that's just the way that, that uh, we're, we're, we're tribalists – because and that that has a lot of negative things and if we don't recognize that or um, understand that about each other it will just we'll always be fighting you know we're going to fight over every aspect of life if it's not this you know they roll out the next thing that we can fight over now now there's a war going on there everybody wants to say what's right what's wrong as if there's a good guy and there's a bad guy that's the only option. Like every, they're all, there's only bad guys. I think <laughs> they're just, they're just diff, different bad guys. You know, they're, they're, I think particularly in this country and you know, maybe in other countries as well, I'm sure to a degree we're brought up in this guise of everything we do is right. And everything everybody else says is wrong. And we have to be the police of everybody because we know what's right. And yeah, there might be some, Good, really wonderful things. I mean, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, but trying to pretend like we're the saviors of the world and we don't do anything wrong, um, you know, that's, that's that's what gets us in a lot of trouble. And, and again, that can be applied to everything, any, any aspect of life. Anyone that says, like, I have all the answers, my way is the only way, the right way. Like, you don't recognize how every single... Uh, facet of life says that like my diet's the right diet my religion's the right religion my political party is the right one and everybody else is wrong and i'm right well yeah and and then then you gotta you gotta you gotta pick a team because that's the reality we live and the more divided we get the worse things are gonna get so the more that we can communicate the more that we can compromise and understand what things we do have in common at least at our core you know everybody at their core you know, is, is very similar. And that's, that's the benefit of interacting with people of all, of all, all across the spectrum and traveling and why traveling is uh, one of, I think one of the most important things a human being can do because you're, you're forced to see things through a different light. You're not viewing things through this box that tells you everybody's, everybody's on polar opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, what's like get out in the world and talk to people and like, where are these fucking people that they show us on the news. I've never even met a single person that's like that. I've been, I've been shown that person. I've never met that person. Every person I've ever met, the majority of people I've ever met in this life have been somewhere in this middle range where we're, we're a lot more alike, even, even on our differences. We're like, oh, yeah, well, I can see why you see it that way. It makes a little bit more sense. Not like you're the devil and I have to kill you because you, you view things differently than me. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest issues, problems social media has brought up and that's a divisiveness on almost every topic because when you reverse engineer people back to the, you know, basic stimuli level, the chemotropic level, you know, we all want to eat, sleep, mate, whatever, 
Now, yeah. somehow, I've got to form an opinion about a 15-year-old El Salvador cross-dresser who's in a kindergarten <laughs> class fighting in, you know, the under-five girls judo tournament at the weekend and have an opinion on it. And, yeah, and that opinion has to be in um, 22 characters and right. it's there forever. Yeah, and the problem is as well that people don't accept that I really don't give a shit as a valid answer anymore. You, I remember growing <laughs> up, I don't give a shit. People wouldn't bother you with a follow-up. But now I don't give a shit. They put a label on you anyway. It's one of those kind of, oh, if you don't speak out against it, if you're not doing something actively against it then you're for it. And I think we found that, you know, yeah. or, or if you're not for it and you don't actively speak for it, you're against it. Right. It works both yeah. ways. Yeah. And I think we yeah. found that during the um, black lives matter movement, you know, they yeah. tried to guilt people into being active in marches and, you know, donations at the, you know, if you're sitting there doing nothing, then you're part of the issue. But you know, they, tr they use that playbook, when it suits yeah, that, them. Yeah, that's, that's what's being done with everyone, everything. And that's why you'll see immediately, as soon as as soon as the news tells me who the right guy, the good guys and the bad guys are, everyone's, okay, now I got the picture in my bio, now I have the right words up, now I have the right photo up. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, you stand for nothing. Like, there's no, there's no, there's not even any context there. Like, this, this tells you who I am as an individual because I have this photo. And it's just ridiculous, and that that's that's where that that extreme side of of these of this technology has gone. And with it's, you know, it's like you, all these corporations they want that because it's easy to it's easy to control people when you put them into those boxes. People are ex extraordinarily complex. Those that's hard to figure out when when you put someone in a box it's like, oh, I know how to steer this person this way or that way. It's very easy, and and all it does is benefits these systems that aren't very good for humanity and unfortunately we we tend not to recognize things like everything's a tool you know social media is a tool it's like what do you use it for we could be using it to make this world amazing and beautiful and bring us all together but that never happens you know all these tools get used for the negative side because the negative side is the easy side the quick fix is the easy fix and just unfortunately we are our survival instincts play into that you know we're not our survival instincts aren't about being individual you know be your own person it's find a group because the group survives and even if you don't agree with that group uh, they got the food they got the money they got the power go there like, like we, we look back through history and we think everyone that was on one side of the equation like everyone over there was evil they all knew they were evil. Everything they were doing was evil. And everybody over here, everything they were doing was good um, and positive. And, you know, until you actually live life, you realize there's a, a broad spectrum there. And uh, it's a lot more complex than that. Yeah, I think there's also been an influx of completely fabricated mental health conditions over the last probably six to eight years with people being told that you need to be triggered by this if you see this if you hear this type of phrase if you see this misuse of a pronoun 
that it's somehow now supposed to emotionally affect you in much the same way as if you have a phantom limb, you're supposed to have this real <laughs> sensation for something you don't have. And I think that also blurs the lines with kids about, well, what really is a mental health issue? Am I really depressed or am I feeling depressed on somebody else's behalf because I'm told yeah. I'm really supposed to care about this and this is the most important issue in the world? Because I think if you're a nine-year-old kid and you come home from school worrying about climate change, somewhere has let you somebody has let you down somewhere along the line here, whether it be that school, that teacher, you know, just the whole educational platform as a whole. But, you know, do kids really even know who they are anymore? I mean, I, yeah. I think I knew who I was when I was nine or ten years old. I might have been a dumb piece of shit, but I think I knew who I was. <laughs> but I don't think kids now really get that opportunity to be existential, introspective and find themselves so much because, like I said, every small thing you can have a disagreement on, there's a label for you. And these kids, you know, are now being taught, you know, before they even understand the concept, okay, you come from a place of privilege and, you know, kids are just bewildered. You know, it was one yeah. thing sitting in class getting bewildered by calculus, but I don't, really want to sit there trying to figure out how I'm responsible for slavery 300 years earlier. So, I mean, I don't know if there's any answer within the educational environment towards mental health because the educational system seems to be pushing just as many as these lunatic fringe ideas of oppression as the leftist media does. So with that in mind, what's probably the healthiest way for a parent to divert their kid away from this pattern of being influenced by social media? Do you have to step in as the parent and not trust that your kid's going to make the right decision? Well, I mean, I, I would say I'm sure as a parent, you, you do that with a, a number of things, you know, it's like just because the world says this isn't a, a negative, this social media isn't bad, doesn't mean that it isn't. It's like, well, what are they, what are they doing with it? What are they, you know, it's a, it, it's very individual dependent, you know, you can't, you can't, cause some people can use these platforms for really great things and for educating themselves and for uh, communication and uh, everything along those lines. And then some people can sit on there all day and uh, just feel like this piece of shit, person so, um you know i think you gotta the more people take these things into their own hands the more people educate themselves and um you know i think i think a lot of times what happens again it's like the, the easy way is usually not the best way it's, it, it's a lot easier to plop a kid down in front of a tv it's a lot easier to plop a kid down in front of their um, iPad, you know, it's not, it's not like they, this wasn't happening prior to social media, you know, parents did that before, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of, uh, you know, responsibility, the responsibility that the people want to have. And it's, it's very easy to say, well, I got, I got work, I got this, I got that and the other, you know, it's just easier for me to plop them down in front of the TV. But again, that, that, that comes with a cost, you know, you have to, you have to understand that you contributed some part to that. Uh, there might again be these external forces that are working. Um, but you, 
they don't they don't carry all the blame. You, we carry the blame as well. What what we do with these things, how we educate ourselves, um, even just in regular schooling prior to all this. I mean, school is a very skewed education. It's there's there's education in there, but pretending like you're getting a a full education just because you go to school is is pretty ridiculous. And it, the problem is, it's just easier to let your kids go to school and then be like, oh, they're going to get all the kid education they need at school and then I don't have to worry about it. Boy, you're only getting this tiny little spectrum of, of knowledge in there. And like all of our uh, history and everything else is it's everything's just a perspective. You're getting a perspective of knowledge. You're getting a perspective of history. You're getting a perspective of, of, of science and every other aspect of life. It's not like there's this, uh, uh, unbiased education that's just handed to people and, you know, do with it what you want there. It's a, it's a piece, a little bit of piece of the puzzle. Um, but we, 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 we like outsource all this stuff to, to, to schools, to churches, to politics. Um, and again, when the more we take accountability in the things that we can do um, and the control that we do have, I think the better. Yeah, it's kind of interesting you bring the education part up because I think about this a lot. I had a talk with my daughter here not that long ago. said, look, you know, college is almost ridiculous. She's a sophomore in college. And college oh. is almost ridiculous now because all you're doing is regurgitating everything you can find on the Internet. So if Kevin Ross was the superintendent of the public school system of the United States, what would the Kevin Ross education system look like? Probably just uh, your average uh, warm-up class at Cobra Kai or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Let's practice headbutting each other today, Jim. Well, I think I think the lack of conversation and all these things. We have these institutions like education, like religion, like like a lot of things where it's like what I say goes, everything I say is right, and this is all the information that you need. You're not allowed to question me. Government is obviously doing, does that, and always has. Um, you, 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 you ban communication. You know the fact that there's no communication, but we also tend to forget that there's, there's, there's always that the pendulum swing and the the extreme side of everything is negative. It's very easy to push people with 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 something positive because it, maybe it's the truth. Yeah, it could be the truth, but the, but the extreme side of that is negativity. I don't think there's anything that you can really say, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, uh, love, but then that might turns into obsession, but yeah, the extreme side of any aspect of life can be extremely negative. And if there's not uh, an understanding of that, that's why it's so easy for us to get pushed by these seemingly positive things. Uh, but then when you go back and look like, Oh, that was really like messed up what they were actually doing with that. Um, and that's been terribly apparent over the past two years is, um, you know, they're like pulling on people's heartstrings. Be like, don't you care if people die? Don't you care um, that this is happening? And if, and if, <laughs> if you like, yeah, of course I care, but, well, obviously, that means you don't care, and, and we put you over there with the people that are against us. You know, there's no, there is no in between. Um, I think that that playbook has been used over and over and over again since the dawn of humanity. You know, it's it's always been used. Now it's just 
I don't know if it's necessarily more prevalent. It's just more obvious that is going on. Like I, like I, I often say like nothing that's happening today is new. It's like, like circumstances may be new, but this playbook that's being done, this pitting people against each other, this abuse of power, um, these wars and every other aspect of, of reality right now, that nothing that's happening today is any different than it was 2000 years ago or, or beyond. You know, it's the same, like human beings are, we are, it's the human nature of us. You know, we, everybody wants to, everybody wants to be right. Everybody wants to be on the right team. Um, everybody wants to have all the answers. Everybody wants to have all the stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you, if you put things under a certain light, it can look like a very positive thing. And that's how we get stuck into these uh, camps, basically. Yeah, I think one of the other dangers that has come about is this rise of the phrase toxic masculinity um, and this, I guess, trying to oppress people who show any type of masculine um, or dominant type characteristics in their personality. And um, there was a high school football teacher in Oklahoma, and I'm not going to mention the name of the school, but um, the high school teacher was told that he needed to um, get his football players to make a list of where they think they stood on the toxic masculinity scale. And it had 10 for, you know, the highest level of toxic masculinity. And then obviously it went all the way down to like zero or one. And um, apparently the independent school district they were in actually sent out these charts and they were specifically aimed at the student athletes in the school district. And um, he was explaining this chart to his football players and uh, he said, look, there's only one way we can do this, really. And so what he had printed at the bottom of his chart outside of the gym at the top was toxic masculinity at number 10. And at, the, at one at the bottom was little bitch. He said, look, just find yourself somewhere in the middle of here and just put a number down and let's get this out of the way. Now, as funny as that is, I think it is true that there is a slide in scale. You don't have to be a toxic masculinity or whatever that even means or a complete fairy i think you can be somewhere in that scale of feeling confident in a physical altercation physical at changing the oil in the car physical at you know fixing the faucet if it goes wrong but you can also be you know an intellectual person who still fits these stereotypes of a man and i think that that kind of uh has almost forced that gender dysphoria type i don't know attitude on boys especially that it's okay to not be a man it's okay to not be a boy whereas traditionally that was our coping mechanism you're a boy you're a man you man up and you face this problem and you overcome it but now it seems like they're trying to teach people no it's okay to give in to the problem you know it's okay to admit that weakness and give in to the weakness and again the more i think about it and i think about how the kids are being thrown these curveballs before their brains are even able to, you know, conceive yeah. of these ideas. Not that they make any more sense to us as adults, but um, you know, how do, how do you think you, knowing how you were as a kid growing up, wh- what do you think you would have made of the school system nowadays? I mean, 
Well, I think I, I would think I would have thought the same thing I thought when I was coming up. Like this place is fucked. <laughs> it's like so bad. I, I think it's only you know gotten gotten worse. Um, there's it's such a it's such a complex thing, you know. Like with a lot of these issues, they of course there's there's elements of truth in them, um, you know, like like trying to pretend like no one's racist. I'm like, okay, but like trying to pretend like everybody is, it's just, it's just as bad. You know, they're, they're, again, what I said earlier is that the extreme side of everything is negative. Um, so we're more and more, you keep getting pushed into the, these boxes and the box is the extreme side of, of the, of, of the issue. And, uh, um, you know, not, it, it frees people from, one being accountable, it also allows people to put a hundred percent of the blame onto somebody else for whatever the situation may be, even if they might only be 0.01% of that, that percentage in there, um, disregarding the majority of, of the factors that they played a role in. And now we're just like hitting this ping pong ball back and forth of whose fault something is. Um, yeah, so I I hated school coming up. I I I I, I, I actually dropped out when I was a um, what's the second year of high school junior um, sophomore yeah. sophomore. Yeah, I, I I really just I never felt like I was really learning anything. I mean, after like maybe middle school, you know, I was like, what am I like? What am I doing here? I mean, I was I was failing out of school and then my dad was like, all right, you can drop out if you get straight A's. So the next semester I went, I got straight A's. I'm like, it's not, it's not that I'm stupid. It's that I'm not, I have no motivation. I'm like, why am I learning this dumbass shit? Like memorizing information isn't learning information. Like there's a difference there. That's another thing we don't, we don't talk about. There's, 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 there's aspects to education. You know, just because you memorize something doesn't mean you know it. You just know how to say it again. That's not anything. It's like the, um, you know, the person that plays in the orchestra. They can read music and they can do the process of that, of those notes. But getting them to just play something on their own, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. You know, they know how to computerize it. You know, they know how to do the motions and go through with it like that. But, but you need both sides of that. Or more often than not, you need the creative side more more than that education side. Um, but again, it's easy to say this is where the education comes from at school. Education comes from walking outside and looking in the dirt like that. There's an education there too, and we've we've really lost sight of a lot of that that other side of the spectrum. Uh, not just in education, but but with a, with a many things. There's there's positive things on both sides of this this equation, you know. It's not like this is the good side and this is the bad side. There, there's there's stuff, even if this side is, you might, what you might call bad. There's stuff that can be learned from it. But instead of learning from it, we're throwing it out. Like erasing history, is the dumbest shit you could ever do. Like, don't you want to learn from history and not do that same stuff again? There's a reason people went down that road. If you don't understand why they went down that road you're going to go down that same one. But that's also why you can look at our education system. We're like, well, why are they only teaching us this very narrow window? It's like, yeah, they taught you that the Nazis killed all these people, but where did the Nazis come from? 
and you start to look into that and be like, oh well, well okay, I understand. <laughs> they they were they were getting killed and oppressed as well, and then they started their own team over here, and then then that just got out of control and turned into this other thing. That's why I like uh, I love the origin stories from movies, especially when they do like a, a villain and like show like how did they become a villain? Were they born a villain? Like no, a lot of times they were they were doing something actually very positive, and they just turned take a left. And went down the street, and that's we're 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 erasing that out of history. Like, how did these things happen? These people weren't just bad people. Again, that there are there are very few like holy good people or holy holy bad people. They're, everyone's everyone's some combination of both. And in, unless you understand how these things happen, where they came from, what contributed to this, it's just going to happen again. And it does, and that's why history repeats itself because we refuse to learn from it. We just look at the end result of something. The end result was these people were bad, and we were good, and we took them out. Yeah, but then, in the in the process, you killed all these innocent people, and now those people started their own gang, and they're like, "Fuck America," because they bombed my family. Like every for every person, every bad person you kill, you create ten more because you did something horrific to them. So who's who's the good guys and who's the bad guys? Yeah, I think the number of uh, attempted coups or assisted coups the US has participated in <laughs> over the last 40, 50 years is like in the 30s. Oh, no. I, I saw some deal about it, yeah. and it's more like 80-something. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more than you'd realize. Well, 30 different countries. Some of them we tried about six times to topple oh, the fair government. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, it's more like in the 70s or 80s. I yeah. saw some deal. It was literally like last week about that very thing, about the U.S. government and how they've tried to create all the coups and everything. It's well, crazy. yeah. I mean, like Kevin was saying, though, it's one of the most ridiculous things possible to erase history. But unfortunately, you know, certain big media corps, which have, you know, alignments with government factions can now delete history online or at least make it so very difficult to actually find out an alternate point of view. So whereas before the biggest difficulty was getting your ass down the library and getting a book out and read about something, now you're deliberately being, you know, excluded from another point of view where there may be a huge element of truth in it simply because it doesn't fit one person's narrative on what you should believe. So although there is all this exposure to so-called this limitless amount of information, the ease of getting that information is going to push most people into reading the first two or three things they see, whereas the truth a lot of the time is hidden in places which is not necessarily shadow banned, but not going to appear on the first five pages of Google. And so yeah. people end up with a very polarized view of something rather than just being given facts they can make their minds up for themselves. And that's happening in more and more dangerous areas. I mean, you look at the history of Ukraine, you know, you'd believe it was like Atlantis in some ways, this perfect world which has been invaded by, you know, yeah. Russia. Like but, yeah. you know, you go back five or six years and the West was doing nothing but demonizing Ukraine for a dozen different yeah. reasons. But now, because it's politically convenient for us to make Russia the bad guy, whether that be an offset from the pandemic and the failure of the vaccines or whether it be, you know, political excursions away from, uh -huh. you know, the fiscal issues which are going on, 
you know, we are still pointed by a media which controls people's attention. And it's very hard for us to break that focus away and look in the other direction when everybody else is standing up and pointing at something over there. But doesn't that also go back to what Kevin, what you were saying about the education versus basically experience or trying to teach people how to think versus what to think. And as an example, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I showed my wife on her phone. I said, I want you to put in Google, um, my, my girlfriend hit me. And there's this article that immediately pops up about, you know, what to do to make her feel better or whatever. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, now put my boyfriend hit me. And when you put my boyfriend hit me, it pops up the, uh, physical abuse hotline and that you should call right now if if your boyfriend hits you or whatever and it's one of those aspects we always go and you immediately did too if it's not on the first few pages of google right and it's like okay well that's kind of a way to control not that domestic violence is correct by any means boy versus girl girl versus boy but it's a slanted way of looking at it but also you have to take into account the google algorithm isn't perfect because it is based upon you know, a form of popularism. And when uh, they first, when was it? I think um, it was within two years of Google's launch. It got taken down for about two months and replaced by, I can't remember whether it was AltaVista, the platform it was originally built on. But um, there was obviously a lot of uh, schoolwork about slavery in the United States, right? But when you typed in African slaves into Google, the first link which popped up was African slaves for sale. And it went to some website in like the Middle East and it had all the prices for these African slaves in auctions. And so they had to completely change the algorithm away from popularism to Mm. specific news sources. And that's why now it's not a lucky dip you know, the main answers you get back are from their top sources of information. So you're guided to a very few select centers of actual information coming back at you. Mm. Yeah, so now we have people controlling what's important to be viewed, how it's viewed, and there's always a positive element to to all these things. It's like, like with mass surveillance and everything else. Like, yeah, you can point to a few good things it can do if the people running it are this holy person that never does anything wrong. But for all the bad things you can do, they completely outweigh any of the positive, like every single one of our freedoms and liberties that was taken was done under the guise of our, our, our benefit. And even though some of that, there might be elements of truth in there, how much of that was reality versus uh, our perception of reality? Like, well, now, now that they, can see all this, these things won't happen again. But yeah, but what what did they actually do with it? It wasn't for uh, the benefit of humanity and for everyone to sing Kumbaya at the campfire. You know, they could have done that with it. That, I think that's what that's what's so infuriating is all the positive things that could be done with all of this technology and information never is, never has been, probably never will be. I mean, you just all you gotta do is look at human nature and understand that that's not probably not going to change unless there's some enormous paradigm shift that um, alters our (laughs) the way we go about living which is possible you know I, i would say that that's one of the good things about what has been going on is 
people's have completely lost their their trust in in these institutions. I, I don't necessarily n- want to say that's a good or a bad thing. It's again, w- what are we going to do with it? We we could use it to create a more positive reality and a more um, unbiased uh, institutions and ones with more transparency and where people actually did have the power, not 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 the perception of power. Um, but you know, again, you know, all you got to do is look at the, uh, like the housing market crash and all the other things like who, who actually paid for that? Nobody that did it paid for it. We did. We always do. Um, and I, I don't, I wouldn't say this is going to be any different unless everything just crashes and burns and then we're forced to rebuild from the ground up. But neither would really surprise me <laughs> right yeah it's like they always it, what was the famous quote that world war three might be fought with nuclear weapons but world war four will be you know fought with sticks, sticks and stones and, stones and yeah. stuff like that well i think it was summed up nicely in an article i read this morning on the daily mail online and some uh one of the comments said this country is going to shit about the united states and uh, somebody from bristol in the united kingdom replied well, you should have thought about that before you voted for C-3PO as president. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with, like, y'all should have thought of that, like, 200 years yeah, ago, yeah. you know, yeah. before you declared independence. But uh, we won't go there. Well, Kevin, tell us uh, what's coming up next for you and how people can find out more about you and all that good stuff. Um, I mean, right now, I'm just in, like, a bit of a transition phase. You know, I retired in June. Um, so I've been, been pretty nomadic since then. We, we, we had our place in Hermosa beach, which we sold cause California is going where California is going and, um, got a, got a RV, got on the road and we've been nomadic since then bouncing around all, we actually drove across the country twice and, um, in the, at the moment I'm in Southern California, but, um, trying to figure out where we're going to end up. Montana was pretty wonderful so i'm hoping that's where we're gonna go pretty soon here so yeah i'm i'm, I'm in the midst of just exploring kind of kind of like i always do uh, where to find me that that's kind of difficult since they completely shadow banned my instagram and now they shut it down to where i can't even post it anymore because i'm a spreader of disinformation apparently um yeah i'm, I'm you can always go to my website it's the soul and uh that, you know, that's I got a lot of a lot of my info on there about what I'm doing and how to find me and that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. Not only that, but uh, you can buy your shirts and everything. You got one of your shirts yes, you on. You got some yes, you got some cool stuff up there that uh, you can get a hold of. So we'll of course have your website link and everything in uh, the show notes and the information. And Kevin, hey, once again, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. We certainly appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, please click the subscribe button. It does help us out. Check Kevin out. And thanks for tuning into this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. And we will catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, thewolfandtheshepherd.com, to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes when you get a chance. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for additional content. Join us next time for another episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Ooh.